attention please podcast now on video if you like this podcast kindly like subscribe and share you know what to do so today i'm going to be talking about kangana ranaut and veer das and i realized at the moment i said this line this sentence i'm going to be talking about kangana ranaut and veer das they have already won because that's exactly what they want us to do so for me at least the way i look at it it's less about the outrage and less about what they actually said and more about the strategy that guides celebrityhood in this day and age of uh, polarized social media echo chambers so for those of you who have been living under a rock and have no idea what i mean here's what's happened so kangana ranaut in i think in an interview with navika kumar of times now said something i would say ridiculous and it was supposed to be ridiculous by the way um is that india did not win independence or they won independence in 1947 but it was independence won by begging and the real independence of india came in 2014 when the narendra modi government came to power now obviously trying to have a intellectual discussion on this 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 is such an outrageous pronouncement that you know trying to say but that's not correct here's history here's facts this is not really that kind of an argument and when you get into this kind of argument that's precisely what a kangana ranaut wants he wants you to get into that argument she wants this to be a talking point and that's really what i find fascinating about um you know people like kangana ranaut and veer das is that they they create these talking points and i'm talking about it right now so you know absolutely she's successful so for those of you who have been following my podcast i've i've always held a very high opinion of kangana ranaut as a as a public communicator i've not been a huge fan of her acting abilities i think she's a good actress but i think her her range is fairly limited there's only one particular type of character which i think she does particularly well and you know people calling her a great actress and you know i think that's a little bit of an overhype and an overkill and it usually happens when somebody becomes a political figure which is what kangana ranaut definitely has become there is that the whole bhakti thing uh, that that starts so you know it's not a, she she's a good actor but she's not great i i wouldn't call her great because again i i would say that her range is limited but over the years kangana ranaut has been less of an actor and more of a public communicator and somebody who has created a brand for herself so maybe um, that's the better word the personal branding part of it so initially when she started on her personal branding for many years kangana ranaut hardly spoke uh, for those of us who have followed her career from the very beginning and then she started speaking now initially and that was where you know that's where the genius of kangana ranaut comes is uh, comes out is that she was initially co-opted uh, by the liberal crowd in india because you know she started off talking about you know patriarchy and you know all, all those keywords that people like to hear um and then suddenly around sometimes so she was she, she got a lot of airplay she was everywhere um and then suddenly she took this pivot to um unapologetic right wing politics 
which was very unique because that's usually not the way Bollywood, especially Bollywood um, actors at the height of their career role. Normally, they're not, nobody in Bollywood who's um, essentially in the game, uh, they're not usually very forthright with their politics. And it, it makes perfect sense. But again, we live in very different times where I think the old model of movies and stars is kind of changing with people increasingly. And of course, COVID-19 has accelerated that trend with people actually consuming uh, content on their mobiles. So, you know, you don't go into a, a dark hall and look up at somebody and, you know, feel that sense of awe. So people have to be more relatable. And even Amitabh Bachchan realized that with, uh, you know, when, when his that awe-inspiring thing went away and he came to television, which is something which he had resisted for many years. But I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked. So what I, what I always liked about Kangana Ranaut was that she, you know, she first made this splash as somebody with a lot of opinions. Um, she was eloquent, you know, spoke well. And um, she was very forthright and brutal. And people at that point of time, the liberals were loving it because the liberals wanted like Clooney's. We don't have the Clooney's. We, we need somebody who. And so here was Kangana Anout. And then suddenly she took a turn to the right. And our liberal people suddenly started circulating memes of her or videos of her, you know, riding a horse, you know, on a green screen. As if in, in, in Marvel and all of this, actually Thanos flies or you know, any of this actually happens and look at her. So this was, again, you know, the things with liberals is that once you're no longer in their tent, you're their enemy. And it, it, it's just not true for liberals, it's true for the Indian right wing too. But of course, since the Indian liberals have a stranglehold on media, it, it, it kind of feels that it's much more. So what Kangana did was she created a unique brand of her own. Um, and she basically monopoly of the right wing nationalist Bollywood mainstream actor. We've never seen somebody like this. And over the years, I would say that um, she has kind of ratcheted up the rhetoric. And it's, it's, it's important because, you know, this kind of uh, meat to the base, and I use the word meat, I should have used, used some non-vegetarian term here, but this kind of, uh, you know, raw cauliflower to the base is essentially that. It is to rile up the base and to rile up the opposition so that they fight and you come into the news. And that's really what it's all about. Branding means being in the news. And so it's not, it's not particularly interesting, at least to me, to deliberate on the content of what she said. She deliberately said this. Again, it makes no sense. Uh, I would say, but it's definitely controversial. Um, perhaps it's perhaps it's standard fare on WhatsApp, but in mainstream, it's not something which I have at least heard. So in with that respect, she's definitely moved the Overton window here. So, uh, but to me again, this was this was outrageous. Um, I don't forget. It. I mean, even again, de debating this or even trying to say, but wait, it, it's just. It's a waste of time. What she said, it's, it's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely false. It's ahistoric. But really, who cares? I think Trump and, you know, the Republican right and in in ways, the Indian right wing and left wing have shown that we live in a we live in a world where it's all about creating the noise. It's about throwing the stone into the water and just watching the ripples. That's really what the game is about. It's not so much about the content of what people say. Now, if you technically ask me, I think that Kangana has gone a bit too far with this. 
Um, and maybe I'm saying this because my grandfather was a freedom fighter. So when, you know, when she's saying and he and he lived and, and, and he spent significant years of his youth in cellular jail in the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. So when, when, when she's saying things like, you know, we, we won freedom by begging, you know, that's first of all a historic and I think it's deeply disrespectful for, um, for, for many freedom fighters. But again, it's, you know, trying to outrage over that is, is, is the second phase of, of exactly what uh, Kangana now wants. And, and I'm not going to go to that stage. I've already talked about eight minutes about her. So there, there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps going to now move on to Virdas. So for Virdas, uh, what I said about Kangana is that Kangana is a decent, good actor. In my opinion, Virdas is a bad stand-up comedian. I've never found him even remotely funny. Yeah, that's a personal opinion. And, you know, I've seen some of his work in, you know, Badmash Company and Masti Zade. And I've always wondered about the hypocrisy of, you know, somebody who... Again, it's not a question of what kind of movies he's done. I mean, I'm a guy who loves Gunda and, and I've, I've no problem with whatever people do. People are free to do whatever they want. But then to do a certain kind of things and then to... For money, obviously. And then to come and basically shit on that. Um, in order to do virtue signaling, this is really the the crux of what Virdas is. So he would make perhaps, you know, Masti Zade, which was the more, I mean, the, I don't use the word misogyny and homophobic lightly, but if there is any, you know, if there's like two hours of misogyny and homophobia, it's Masti Zade. And he was part of it. He took money to be part of it. And for that guy to then come out and do a routine where he says, you know, Look at how terrible India India is, and you know, you know how we dis disrespect women. You know that to me is the start of the hypocrisy here. So, unlike Kangana, I won't call him a you know good at what he originally does. But the technique is very similar. In this case, what he did was you know he he's here in DC. I think he was in DC where he did a stand up routine, and then he uploaded perhaps the most controversial part on YouTube and shared it. From what I know. Because it wasn't enough for him to just say it there. He, the, 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 the splash had to be made. So again, this is part of a very carefully calibrated PR strategy. Those of you people who think that the outrage, I mean, does he, does he, was he expecting to be sued? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's where I think that things, you know, people do exactly what people want them to do. So right now in the US, there is a huge demand for diversity in comedy. And um, with Hassan Minaj kind of falling out of grace with some of the controversies about his show, there is, there is, there is, there is a gap. And Veer Das, you know, he looks good. Of course, he's, he's erudite and, and anybody who does stand-up comedy for a living has to be. So he's, he's eyeing that slot. But the thing about diversity is that diversity is only in terms of race and gender. It's never really in terms of opinions. Nobody in the U.S., even the, the, the liberal crowd don't want somebody to tell them something that they're not comfortable with. So the what, what Virdas is currently doing is he's doing two things. One is that, you know, his kind of humor appeals to, you know, stereotypes about India. You know, this is thing about, you know, we worship women and, you know, that thing, entire thing is, I've, I've seen that, I've heard that, I've seen it in WhatsApp. So it's, there's nothing innovative about that. But what he's doing is he's 
you know, first of all, he's talking to an essentially foreign audience and a foreign liberal audience who's there. Other than the Indians, you know, foreign liberal audience who's there to, you know, encourage a, you know, a, a, a diverse comic, which is good. But then he's not going to say something which is undiverse in terms of their opinions. He's not going to say something which is positive, really, very positive about India. He can't. Because this is this is the this is the subtle form of liberal racism in the US. I've been here for close to 20 years now, so I've seen this myself. Is that there is, and I've talked about this in my podcast before, maybe I'll talk about it again, but there is the, the racism of the Trump crowd, which is, you know, send them back to their smelly country kind of racism, which I've encountered in the streets here. And then there's the more subtle racism, which is like kind of manifested in New York Times when when India sent their uh, mass mission, you know, they, they created that cartoon where there was a beggar asking for food. And, you know, somebody saying, you know, we've spent. So, so this is, so that's that kind of racism that, you know, Indians are not really worth what they have achieved. And that's, but they can't say it. The liberal crowd can't say it. So they really like it when uh, somebody of that persuasion, somebody of, uh, you know, an Indian says that, then they can laugh because now there is no guilt. <laughs> so he's saying something which they want to say. They can't say it. He's saying it. So they can laugh. Everybody's good. And on top of that, he shows himself to be a quote unquote, a liberal, which allows, and this is not just him, which allows them entry into you know, the world of streaming, Netflix, I mean, they're all political, right? So um, this is what his crowd is. Again, this is where he wants to go. Again, coming back to Kangana, Kangana is not looking to the Netflix thing. He's not going to make it through Netflix, given the political stance that he sees adopted. I'm going to go, go with her end game is to go into politics. So that's really what she wants to do. She wants to adhere herself and she's not being subtle about it. She's adhering herself to not only a political ideology, but to certain politicians in terms of, you know, supporting Modi. So again, if, if there is a power change in BJP, which I don't think will happen and, you know, a different set of people come in, she's not banking on that. She's banking on the popularity of the current dispensation. And I think that's really what her long game is. And that's perfectly fine. With Veer, it's something different. He's not, he's not, and people say Congressy and stuff. No, he's not. Who, who, which ambitious, smart person would want to audition to be somebody in the Congress? I mean, that's Kanaya, maybe. But okay. Um, uh, I say smart. Okay. Um, but what he's doing in this case is, first of all, he's auditioning for multiple Netflix specials and Amazon Prime specials through, by doing this, by doing this kind of, you know, self-flagellation. That's one thing. Second thing is he's actually trying to get himself, and this is important for people to understand, he's trying to get himself, quote-unquote, banned. This is the ultimate label that, that he wants to affix onto himself, banned by the fascist government of India. And by rising to that bait, by initiating legal proceedings against him, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Now the next phase happens. Now his mildly amusing, moderately attended event in DC now makes it to the papers. Now it, New York Times gets it, Washington Post gets it, and we have people in India who are willing to write whatever they want, uh, whatever, whatever Washington Post wants them to write for the 300 bucks or 200 bucks that they get. So there is a, a workflow that, will, that has now been triggered thanks to whoever decided to sue him. The best thing would have been, of course, there was going to be social media outreach, but the best thing would have been to just ignore him because he knows that. He knows that he's not going to get ignored. And that's why in order, if you kind of dilly-dally, then you might get ignored. 
right? If you like, if you're a centrist like me, you'll get ignored. But if you say something which is absolutely outrageous, then you're not going to get ignored. You're going to get people who are going to scurry to your defense and you're going to get people who are going to be absolutely outraged and determined to cancel you. And this is exactly what he wants. So now what he's done is he's, he is, he, this outrage is going to help him, is going to help him in his tour. It's going to help him to get that label that he is so risque that, you know, the Indian government wants him banned. That's how it's going to play out, right? And nobody's going to say that it's not the Indian government. It's some private citizen who, who sued him. It's all, it's, it's all fine. It's, you know, I said something against the government. So, the, you know, I got sued ergo it's the government which did it. So this is, this is the, this is the start. And I've said this, you know, this government, this was this government and their and their associated, you know, media lackeys like, you know, Times Now at that point of time, they made the career of Kanaya Kumar. Kanaya Kumar, if they hadn't done what they did, would have just been yet another JNU overaged PhD uh, who was once an union leader, which every year there is one. So the reason why Kanahiya Kumar is at least a name that we still know years after he's passed out from from JNU. It's precisely this, because the government decided to take him seriously. And many people will say, but you have to draw the line. No, this is not the line. And especially when we are a democracy, we have to understand that there will be people and their people are free to have their agendas. But if, if you want to oppose somebody's agenda, then the least you can do is help him by doing so. See, liberals don't do that. Uh, liberals, if they don't like someone, they, they go for the exact right thing. They don't sue the guy. They de-platform them. Because, and they can do it because they own the platform. So they just make sure that that person is not heard. They don't create the conditions such that the person's voice is amplified. And that's unfortunately is what the right wing does here. It does things which amplifies that voice, which we otherwise would have kind of died in the dark. Now it is going to persist. So I see this and I say, oh God, these guys have stepped into it once again. Of course he said this. What else is he going to say? Just ignore, move on. You know, we have so many people, so many people so say so many things. Just listen to it. If you need to outrage, outrage, but move on. Don't go to the courts. So um, again, that's this is what I again concluding. This is what I find fascinating about these things, and the only reason why I spoke of it was again, and I know that you know by speaking of it, I've served the per their purpose. I know that, but I find this fascinating. I find this fascinating as somebody who likes communication, as somebody who loves to observe the way that personal brands are created. And I think whether this is good or bad, there's no good or bad. I mean, there's there's no moral judgment here. I mean, the only thing is, is the band, is the brand created or is the brand not created? And I think that they have done a great job. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening. And I will hopefully see you next week. Bye bye.